ladies and gentlemen, we are uh, we're back with Junk Miles. We took a we took a little summer vacay. Chip had some comedy to do. I had some lawn maintenance to do, guys. You know, there's. I a had lot. my uh, two lower ribs removed. That's true. You did. <laughs> uh, it was actually just for a. It's for a a, a, a very you know medical reason that I don't, oh, okay. that I don't want to get into. It wasn't for a part. Right. Yeah. Like a role in a movie. Well, it's just let's just say let's just Cross say maybe fingers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we're back. Took a little time off. We left you with the good one. We left you with the Andy Richter episode, mm-hmm. Thief. I hope you all enjoyed that. Oh, another Chip- 1981 movie this year. I mean, yeah. Was, was Thief 81? Yeah, Thief was 81. Yeah. And there's another tie-in, which I will. I'm teasing right now between the two movies, and, and we'll see if you can pick up on it. But we're going to bring in a guest in a couple minutes to discuss the movie I guess we could say, you know, people click on this link and they already realize they, they know, what the movie they know. Is. we're going to talk about the 1981 classic Arthur Indiana Star- Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, wait, no, never mind. No, yeah, we're, we'll talk about that one day, Chip. One day. I yeah. hope one day someone, one of our guests decides to um, discuss that with us. There's, yeah, there's a lot of movies I'd be interested in talking about, but absolutely. I'm kind I'm kind of glad, you know, Andy went to a serious movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, our upcoming guest picked a movie that it's a classic, but not many people still talk about, which I'm kind of I'm very excited to talk about it tonight. As, as am I. And well, yeah, I don't want to I don't want to say too much. Uh, excuse me. I have yeah. to leave just for a moment. This yeah. is we're adding some suspense to this podcast right now. I have to leave for 15 seconds and I'll be right back. Awesome. Guys, I'm going to wing it for a little bit by myself. I uh, want to let you know that you can buy, you want to support the podcast. We don't do a Patreon. We don't do anything like that. We're too lazy. And we don't, you know, we don't bring you episodes every week. We try to do them every two weeks now, now that we're back and we got, we got a lot of good stuff coming up. Go to, uh, go to the junkmileshow.com. We sell shirts that have pizza on it and that have the word fun on it. So if you're into pizza or fun, Buy one of those shirts. Support the podcast. Yes, they are. They're amazing shirts. And Chip, before we get into the movie, you've been traveling around this great country of ours, mm-hmm. making people laugh, correct? These 50 nifty states. <laughs> Is that the name of your newest comedy album? Yes. Chip Chantry's Nifty 50, 50 States. states. Mm-hmm. But don't you actually say three aren't so nifty and you really tear up a new one? Yes, both of the Dakotas <laughs> and Rhode Island. They all deserve it, right? Yes. They what if Rhode Island was, what if there was North Rhode Island and South Rhode Island, much like the Dakotas? Be, it, it really does need to be divvied up. That was actually one of my favorite lines from the movie tonight. I don't want to get too much into it. We keep saying that, but yeah. where he said it was a very, very small country that she was a princess of. Mm-hmm. And he said that uh, pr- Rhode Island could kick its ass and that they just, they just were going to get the uh, country carpeted. It's, <laughs> it's such a great line. Something tells me. A lot of the jokes in this movie he had from his comedy act from like 20 years for the past 20 years. He just had him ready in a holster, ready to go. Which I didn't realize he was a comedian. Mm-hmm. I just I just assumed he was a comedic actor. Yeah, he was like an old school. Did They called it like British satire was the boom in the 60s where they had like little comedy troops, Chip, mm-hmm. doing fun uh, satiric comedy. And there was always like a straight man. And then there was the funny guy. Dudley was the funny guy, and his partner Peter Cook was the straight man. Yes, uh, British vaudeville. Is that yeah? Is that what they call I, I believe they called it uh, vaudeville on on Essex. I wow. Yeah, I that sounds that a little uh, a proper little. name. So you have a good time back in, uh, doing the comedy chip out there. 
Yeah, having a great time. I was just in Richmond, Virginia. Have you ever been, Jeff? I heard Richmond's nice. State Capitol. Nice little town. I enjoyed yeah. it. Great little club called the Sandman. Not even a little club. It's a big club for a, not even a huge town. Sandman Comedy Club. A lot of fun. Uh, was there with uh, uh, Renan Hirschberg. Very, mm-hmm. very funny guy. And uh, yeah, we had, we had a great weekend. It was fun. It was nice to nice to be out on the road. They they put me up in the executive. They give you the executive lounge privileges. I was I was bumped up in my hotel because that's what they do for the comedians at the Hilton. I'll name drop. Nice. Uh, which means I got to eat little tiny bags of barbecue potato chips uh, away from the peons. Whoa, nice. Yep. There is no like comedy apartment with six other comedians. No, none of that living there. Oh, I will say this. <laughs> so I was there Thursday through Saturday. Yeah. On Wednesday night, they asked me if I could st- spend a night in Fredericksburg, Virginia, to perform at a 55 plus community. The money was good. So I said, sure. Hell yeah. I op- I was there with Wally Collins. Do you remember Wally Collins? Yes. Comedy Central in the 90s. Hell very, yeah. Very I love guy. Wally Collins. I was so excited to work with him. Legend. Uh, I was not really looking forward to the show, to be quite honest. Although Wally Collins, I was looking forward to the people couldn't have been nicer. They laughed. They were fun. They were very gracious. But here's the thing, Jeff. It's a, it's a brand new 55 plus community. They build it as a five-star hotel. So it's like this, like four sided seven story building with a courtyard and a swimming pool in the middle. And just luxury everything and they let me have all the amenities and they put me up in a two-bedroom apartment to myself (laughs) i live in a one-bedroom apartment with my (laughs) wife and my dog and my two cats and they put me up for the night in a two-bedroom apartment on the seventh floor and it was yeah they uh, they build those things so that people never have to leave to do anything they have all their entertainment food you know jimmy buffett night by the pool Mm -hmm. all that stuff goes on and you never have to leave it was amazing. It was it was great. How about you, Jeffrey? How's the how's the summer going? Good. You know, just uh, vacationing. You know, at, at the shore with the kids, doing stuff like that. Basically, just watching my grass die because um, Chip, it never rains anymore. Like that's the new world order. Right. That we just have oppressive heat and no rain, and uh, you know everything dies. So. And at least in Philadelphia, I I don't know if in other parts of the country this is true, but I feel like not only does it not rain anymore. Mm-hmm. But they tease us with rain three times a week, at least. They're like, oh, yeah. Oh, and it never, here comes ever, the big storm. ever, never happens. I love a good thunderstorm. I, There's me too. Nothing Can't I wait. It's the most fun thing, especially around like, you know, 6, 7 p.m. or maybe oh. like a late night one, like yep. after you walk the dog, like a 10 p.m. one that sort of you're in bed and you're just yeah. sort of listening and watching. And they tease them three times a week. They never come through. Ever. You, you, you never get to listen to the rhythm of the falling rain. Um, is that a uh, that's that an Ricky, old Ricky Nelson? It might be. Listen to the rhythm of sounds like a Ricky Nelson type. We'll have to, I mean, we'll have to put that into Ricky it. Nelson. We'll say it's Ricky. Who the hell? Who's gonna say no? Uh, well, all right, Chip. Oh, it's the cat, it's the Cascades, I believe. Cascades, the Cascades. Oh, I like which those is an guys appropriate. Too. That is an appropriate name. Well, Cascading Rain, song. sure. Yeah, Rain Talk with Chip and Jeff. We talk yep. about all types of uh precipitation. Chip, we are going to let our guests come on right now because we want to get to talking about the 1981 comedy classic, Arthur. So I will admit our guest. Chip, this is one of the most exciting parts of the show, thanks to Zoom meeting. The technology we use to have our guests in is when our guests are connecting to audio and when our guests are connecting to video. It's always so exciting. It's always so exciting. And then when they pop up on screen 
And geez, Ken is like oh, in a dark but, cell. But, oh, he has you, a light on now. Is he in the Ukraine? Is that where you are right now? <laughs> yeah. I'm My lord. You're on, you're on air, Ken. You're on air. <laughs> oh. you're, you're, you're live. Well, this is, it, it'll be live like in the next couple of days. Blink but. three times if you're okay, Ken. Yeah, Ken, are you okay? Show us your hands. Make sure they're not in uh, ligatures. Okay, good. Show us a newspaper with today's date. I don't know. <laughs> don't they do that in like movies and stuff? To yeah, for ransom. Proof, of, proof of concept. Yeah, yeah, you're alive. Yeah. Ken Krantz is alive, Chip. Tell the audience a little bit about Ken Krantz. Uh, he's a very funny stand-up comedian, a New Jerseyite. Uh, he's been on the Banfield show on News Nation many times. Who it was one of our my favorite guests on the podcast that he and I, Ashley Banfield, great guest, Canadian guest, if you will, hmm. on our podcast that I share with Ken Krantz by the name of I Love Rock and Roll, where we discuss great exactly podcast. that rock and roll. My co-host of my other podcast, Mr. Ken Krantz is here. Ken, how are you, my friend? This, I, I feel like this is like when the like the ex-girlfriend meets the new girlfriend or something. It's awkward, like, isn't it? Like, oh, this is the, yeah, this is Jamie. Yeah. Hi, yeah, hi. And then they just stare at each other. It's kind of like that Dudley Moore movie where he has a wife and then he knocks up another woman and then they he ends up having them both uh, as like his uh two wives and they're both pregnant. And that's what is the it, movie's about. Is that Mickey and Maud? It's one of those. I movies. believe it's Mickey and Maud. I got that answer right uh, when I was on an episode of Doug Loves Movies. We were, Holy there was, crap! There was a Dudley Moore. There was a there was a Dudley Moore round, and I got M Mickey and Maud because it was advertised. Never saw it, but it was advertised on HBO yeah. constantly when I was six years old. That's so funny. I remember, like, I remember the name of that movie, but I have no memory of ever having seen a minute of it. A very young Amy Irving. Yeah. Is that who? Okay. Is that who? Very, it was? Yeah. And then I feel like my mom had it like on, she recorded it off of HBO. So she had it on VHS tape. But then it was just the, the, or, I don't know if it was constantly advertised on HBO or maybe like we recorded another movie off of HBO and that trailer was on before it. And that's, that's all I remember about, about that Dudley Moore film. But guys, we're not here to talk about this Mickey and Maud crap. We are not. No, we're not. We are here because Ken, I love it when a guest, comes on board with a movie that you wouldn't expect but it's a good one this movie is so so debatable so chattable there's so much to talk about with it it's a uh ken i'm an older gent and this movie was 72 on... years young hey, thank you Jim. 72 thank you. years young you look amazing for 72 thank you i do i get a lot of work done um this movie was on when we first got hbo every day twice a day and my brother and i we're like, you know what? Let's watch Arthur every day, twice a day. So, Ken, we always ask our guests, why is this movie important to you? And then part two of this question, where were you when you first saw it set the scene? And part three, if you get <laughs> caught between the moon and New York City, what would you do? Go. That's great. Floor is yours. Is there a better opening? Is there a better opening song in a movie? No. Nope. No, there's no. no. I, I would bet most people know the song and, and uh, unless you're like of our generation, they don't even know the movie. I but feel like the early 80s, before we get into that question, because I, I think this is very important. The 70s into early 80s was just such a great time for piano scores mm -hmm. in movies where it could be a comedy or maybe sort of like a dramedy. And there would be, I think Terms of Endearment was one. Uh, I, I know there was a bunch of others, but there was just always a great piano score and or 
sort of piano ballad that goes along with the movie. And then I, I don't know if it was Huey Lewis that just put an end to that in the mid eighties, but that just stopped. And I'm, yeah, I'm Bert, Bert very Bacharach sad was a very, very in demand. Yes. Yeah. And he's all over this movie. Yeah. Set the scene. Where was a young Ken Krantz? Oh, is Ken frozen yeah. up now too? Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm here. Okay. No, he's, he's just, I'm just, he, I'm low energy. So I'm he's, low, okay, sorry. he's <laughs> lethargic and boring. <laughs> I just have no personality. <laughs> but back when you um, did have a personality, Ken. Uh, I, uh, so Arthur, uh, Jeff, you mentioned this up front. It was one of those movies that was always on HBO. And um, it was a movie that my dad and stepmom absolutely loved. And when we first got HBO in our house, I was probably six or seven years old. And uh, it was on a lot. And um, I'm the youngest of, uh, I'm like a blended family, but I'm the youngest of like a, a bunch of uh, brothers and sisters. And I guess it was one of those movies that they felt safe having on with all the kids around. And um, it is rated you know, PG. It's rated PG. And, and I, have, I have a very dark sense of humor. I, I like, I like edge and I like hard R-rated comedies, but this is probably my favorite comedy of all time. I think for sentimental reasons. Yeah, sure. It reminds me of my dad and stepmom, but also it's just, even at a young age, I recognized it was just joke after joke after joke and they all land. There's a lot of sight gags. They aren't even, uh, it's not all even written jokes. And um, it's like just uh, it's like a pretty, uh, you know, traditional love story. Like, what would would you give up a bunch of money for love? You know, it's it's like almost a trope that's been done a million times. But um, I think it just hits so perfectly with this movie. Yeah. People don't know. It's 1981 movie. Alcoholic billionaire playboy Arthur Bach must marry a woman he does not love or who he, he will be cut off from his Seven hundred fifty thousand dollar fortune, a million dollars, million million dollar. Oh yeah, that'd, that'd be a lot more because yeah. it would it would be a, a, probably an easier decision. Well, not for me. It would always <laughs> always it could be seventy five dollars, and I'd be like, yeah. But when Arthur falls in love with a poor waitress, he must decide if he wants to choose love or money. Guys, it currently holds an eighty nine percent fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So. It stands the test of time, and it earned over $95 million domestically, making it the fourth highest grossing movie of 1981. Let's give it up for Arthur, everybody. Good job. Were you, were you immediately a Dudley Moore fan when you saw this? Like Afterwards, you're like, I need more Dudley in my life, Ken? Yes. Uh, yeah, he's so charming in that movie. Uh, I remember that was always on, and uh, Foul Play. Yeah, Chevy yeah. Chase and Goldie Hawn, and mm -hmm. he's just he's just has one or two brief scenes in that movie, but he completely steals it. That's right, he he is in there. That's oh my actually, god, he, I just I forgot own, that. I own he's that like movie. the horny bachelor Goldie Hawn's trying to hide in his apartment from the albino <laughs> hitman. Yes, that's by the way, which is so funny. I forgot he was in that, but I was thinking about that movie today when I was watching Arthur because it's one of those. They don't do them anymore. It's like a big comedy where there's like a plot. There was a, it was like a chase. There's a mystery. 
on romance on top of a comedy. Like just it had everything. It's like a hijinks comedy. Yes. Like the yeah. hijinks comedies. And then there's like, yeah, like special guest stars will just like be in a scene. Yeah, you don't have those those fun movies like they that. They don't anymore. make them like that anymore. Yeah. But Arthur, I mean, uh Dudley Moore, he really kind of took that role of like the uh drunk little playboy funny guy mm-hmm. and turned yeah. it into quite a little career there. Yes. And I think this was also this was um you were coming up on the end of uh innocence with alcoholism. <laughs> no, you were like there was something yeah. you could still sort of be charming. Uh, about being a drunk uh, it's like by the time arthur 2 was made i think in 85 or 86 like mothers against drunk driving had already come out and there was backlash about like why are we glorifying this and, yeah yeah um, that was 1988 right oh okay yeah yeah you're I, right it, that's probably the early 80s is the last time where it was just like oh alcoholics they're fun Give it up yeah, for him. Put him behind the wheel. Who cares? Let him drive their, their Bentley. Well, and he's such a fun drunk, too. It's all like he's just constantly laughing. Like at the beginning, I was almost a little annoyed with him because yeah. he's just that he's laughing all the time. You're like, all right, that's not what drunks sound like. They get mean and, and angry and they or whatever. But this is he he just made it so much fun. And it's just it's so dense with everything he says, almost everything everybody says is hilarious like there's all there's almost not a every single line almost is perfect there's not a a deadline in there another thing with the alcoholism they also probably would not be too high in it today for you know the opening scene harassing prostitutes with bad jokes the drinking problem (laughs) you know going to be some drunk driving he mentions bondling women is his hobby you know like right off the bat the movie just screams this is 1980 <laughs> yeah don't watch it future people don't watch There's it something really sweet about it, it, it he, he it, the movie is so much heart and um he's he's super lovable and he just wants he, he wants to be loved and um i don't know they tried remaking it with russell brand but they took out the alcoholic part yeah if you want to watch why that movie bombs so bad watch the two to three minute trailer for it it is horrible the the four jokes they have in it that they just build up they're horrible there's just nothing redeemable about it and they they kind of neutered all the things that made that gave this character kind of like you know an empathetic life you're like yeah He's a raging alcoholic because he's masking all these problems and he had a probably loveless childhood. And the only one who's ever shown him love, like you, Chip, was the butler. Yeah, it was my butler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And that's why Chip, young Chip Chantry with his um, miscreant friend, uh, young Greg Gethard, spent many times. Ken, I don't know if you know this, on a uh, butler uh, web forum, a message board for butlers. Um, and they uh, hijinks ensued there as well, Chip. Correct. We, we got kicked off of that Butler's forum many times. Uh, there was a lot of angry Butlers uh, when we started posting. They did not like it. I, I got to tell you about this, my relationship with this movie, because I constantly saw the I constantly saw the trailers for it. I saw saw the ads for it. I, I'm sure I saw it when I was a kid. Didn't remember much about it, but I, I, I got the gist. 
then I remember watching it like about 15 years ago and was like, yeah, that was good. I enjoyed it. And then when I rewatched it today, like with a close eye, I was like, this might be the funniest movie I've ever seen. Like I just, you just take it line by line and everything is gold in this movie. I was blown away. I was almost mad at myself for not appreciating it earlier. I was blown away. Ken, who has better lines? John uh, Gielgud. John Gielgud as Hobson or Dudley Moore. And, Hobson, and Hobson is the best lines. He came out of the gate, Ken, and Chip. His first four lines, he came at first line, please stop that. They're, they're in bed together, and that's the first thing is, please stop that right there, you know. And then he asks Arthur, do you need to throw up? <laughs> Which was amazing. He gets like the, the smallest little bit of thank you from, from Arthur. And he just says, I relish the compliment. <laughs> and then Arthur says, could you draw my bath? And of course he says, it's what I live for. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that, there are four out of his first five lines and you're like, holy shit. Yes. And then he goes and, after the girl for, she just says, hi. Yeah. And just about her economy of words and just, I, yeah, I, a little I'm, mean, he was a little mean, but you know, a, he was, he was heightened. Yes. He's had this, this situation before he is a low tolerance for Arthur and his girlfriends, some who might be prostitutes, some who might just be, you know, regular, you know, girlfriends, but holy crap, John Gilgood got the comedy even the chops. One, even the one line when he shows up at, her apartment at the end and the father's there mm -hmm. and he starts jumping in and he just says try not to speak <laughs> that's what he just it's so oh, condescending that, i want to bring that up to you guys he is very mean to liza minnelli's dad for no reason no reason whatsoever like he just throws in a jab go get me aspirin it's on the top shelf to the left next to the unused can he's, of shaving cream i mean and, and the dad is just like hey uh he's He's the perfect movie asshole. Yes. Yes. For sure. Do you want to hear, uh, Ken, what we do in this show? We pepper in facts, fun facts about the movie that Chip and I, if there's one thing both of us love to do, we love research. Research. We just do every sort of research on a movie and we give our audience so many tidbits. They'd be like, Jeff, Chip, too many Arthur tidbits. But no, they're not going to be Arthur tidbits. Did you know, this is really crazy, that... The guy who played her dad, Liza Minnelli's dad, those two together, his name was uh, Ralph Marola. He played um, Barney Martin. No, they, Barney Martin was the actor's name. Was yeah. the actor, right. And he played Ralph Marola. They starred as husband and wife in the Broadway stage production of Chicago not many years no. beforehand. Really? So it's one of those things where he just looks old and you're like, yeah, you're the dad. And Liza, you're the... It's perfect. Um, and for those of you at home, he's the guy who played Jerry Seinfeld's dad on yes. Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, in this movie, let's have a little guessing game here. How old do you think Liza Minnelli was? Ken? Uh, I would like, she looks young to me. I would say like 35. Ken nailed it right in the head. Look oh, really? at that. Ken Krabs. I didn't Chip? know. I've... That's good. That's good, Chip. Can you I take a guess? By, by the way, what I love about this, everybody in this movie is perfectly cast. Yeah. But usually you see a comedy or any movie and there's like, if you, there's good chemistry between the two lead actors. There is such great chemistry between the three leads in this. Mm -hmm. Between Dudley, Li like Liza Minnelli holds her own with the quips and the sarcasm. 
And uh, the chemistry between all three of them is incredible. It's almost a love story between Hobson and Liza Minnelli. Like there's just that sweet moment at the end where like, you know, he's getting sick and she knows it. And just she kisses him on the cheek. Like it's just such a sweet, sweet moment that that built that gets built to. Chip, how old was Dudley Moore when this movie was made? And remember, he's playing like a young playboy kind of young yeah. playboy. I'm going to say 42, 46, 46. Oh. Mm hmm. Wow. I mean, you know, he had his he had his time. He, he definitely had his time. Yeah. Sir John Gilgood won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in this movie. Yeah. That's pretty good. Well, well deserved. Yes. Well deserved. And it's so rarely given for comedy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yes, that he's incredible. in it. Um, and this was also nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Yep. Which and is it, sort of rare for, for a comedy as well. And I believe it won. Oh, it definitely won Best Song. It won best, best Song and Best Supporting Actor. There you go. Not too shabby. The guy who wrote and directed it died less than a year <laughs> after it came out. Yeah. He was so from it was, Philadelphia, it was his, by the it way. Was his only, it was his only uh, movie he ever directed. He directed. He wrote one other movie, I think. The guy's name is Steve Gordon. He's from Chester, Pennsylvania originally, but then I think grew up in Ohio. And yeah, came up, I think wrote one movie and then... I think did a bunch of wrote for a bunch of TV and then directed this. It was his directorial debut. He wrote and directed it. It gets nominated for an Oscar for best original screenplay and then drops dead at, I think 44. He got hit year. by a car driven by a drunk English playboy. Isn't that crazy? Is that wow? <laughs> Some people say heart attack too, but I'm going to believe the other one. Yeah. He, now, here, by the way, I actually yeah. did some research, uh, Jeff. Yeah. I love it. Bring it. If you would, uh, if you would indulge me, like, Please. like we said, Ken, Ken, do you like to learn when you're on you podcast? Do you like to learn as well as talking? I love learning. All right, then Ken, this is all right. Uh, well, ready. this is actual, I did research. He actually wrote, I mean, the guy was so prolific. He actually wrote 10 other movies <laughs> that were never actually produced, obviously because of his, you know, his, his untimely death. Uh, would you like, I think it's pretty amazing. <laughs> would you like to hear the names of those movies that Steve Gordon, the author, the screenwriter of Arthur wrote. Yeah. I certainly would. All right. So first of all, there was Arthur two on the rocks. Mm -hmm. That was, he wrote that, but nobody ever saw it, but then somebody independently wrote it. And it was called how coincidentally it was called Arthur two on the rocks. Wow. So he did that. Uh, so the author, the, the screenwriter of Arthur also wrote the movie uh, Gordon. He wrote the movie Henry. <laughs> William. You can do this 10 times. Yes. He wrote the movie <laughs> Theodore. He wrote a really touching screenplay called Edward. Mm -hmm. um, another one called Chester. Mm -hmm. He wrote a, a great screenplay. This was, it was supposed to be for uh, Michael Caine, Alfred. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then number nine, he wrote a movie called The Boondock Saints. <laughs> and then Daniel. <laughs> Those were the 10 movies that uh, the late, great Steve Gordon wrote that unfortunately we'll never get to see. Oh, man, what a shame. Yeah. I want to bring up a, to you guys. Now, I think another milestone for this movie, and which kind of made it great, was it's a romantic comedy with ugly people, right? I mean, let's just get down yes. to brass yeah. tacks. These aren't the two best looking 
actor-actress pair. And I give them credit, right? I say ugly, maybe that's a little. I'm saying ugly compared to the romantic comedies of the day where, you know, maybe- Maybe non-traditional. No, all right, thank you, Chip. That's a better yeah. word, non-traditional. Now, do you think this movie would have, would have been as successful, as alluring, as fun if it was cast with the original people in mind John Belushi and Kim Bassett. Really? There's a whole list of who they wanted, uh, the director wanted, but he was really set on John Belushi and John Belushi turned it down because he at that point, you know, drugs, drinking problem, did not want to be typecast as a drug drinking guy because there was more to him than that. There was cocaine. Right. He, right. he, he wanted to be three-dimensional. Right. So would I guess he wouldn't have played a British character then, right? Well, this is an amazing segue, Chip, because this role originally was written and supposedly right up until Dudley Moore was cast as an American. And they tried to get him to do an American accent. He could not do an American accent. As amazing an actor as Dudley Moore was, he just could not pull off an American accent. So after a few like screen tests and doing some things, they're like, all right, you just got to use your own accent. And then this is a crazy thing. People are like, this is great. And then after they watch the movie, they're like, I got a question. Why does he have a British accent and his parents are American and his family, like everyone else in his family? You know what's hilarious? I've seen that movie literally hundreds of times. And that has never once occurred to me. There you go. Like, because they just seem so, uh, like, up sort of like, like that like, mid Atlantic kind of thing. Like, the pe- stiff lip. They almost, stiff, seem yeah. Right. right. They're, they're so wealthy. But do you want to hear a great take on this? You know, the movie nerds out there, the movie nerds are like, yeah, it makes sense because who raised Dudley or, you know, who raised oh, Arthur the from British the time he was a baby? Johnson. A British guy. Yeah. So they're saying he had so much import in this young chap's life that he just emulated his his father figure, his mother figure, Hobson, and took on an English accent. Well, I like it's that. Like, it's like when Madonna was married to Guy Ritchie. There you and, go. And there's a there's a lady on the Real Housewives of <laughs> uh, New Beverly Hills. And she's she's from Connecticut, but she has a British husband and she speaks with a British accent. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. If I had a British wife or I was living with someone who is British for a week, I would probably pick up a British accent. Yeah, I, I think that would be great. I, I, I could see you with a with a nice cockney. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm a pasty looking like Irish fella. It's not a, a hard, you know, might as well up the dignity as, level. There you go. Right. Yeah. Speaking of, um, I'll give you one more fun fact before we uh, before we dive more into the movie. Uh, this isn't such such a fun fact, but each of the actors portraying the parents in this movie, all four of them, they all died in the same year, two thousand five. Yeah, it was a rough year. Do you think there was? Is are you saying there was a conspiracy? There's the Arthur killer, the Arthur yep. parents killer. Wow, he's still out there. <laughs> When did when did Dudley Moore pass away? Do you know what, what yeah. year that was? He two thousand two, maybe yeah, two thousand two, okay. and it was he had a, a degenerative uh, disease similar to. Um, he was kind of like MS, wasn't it? Yeah, it was similar to Parkinson's disease. It was called okay. supernuclear palsy, 
okay. it was just degenerate. Like he was in movies. He had to drop out of his last movies because he just couldn't remember lines. Yeah. Because it was getting so bad. And he died in like Wachung, New Jersey. Like you just think a guy who grew up in England, spent most of his life in LA. He just ended up, you know, he had four wives, but he ended up uh, one of his theater friends. This woman took care of him his last few years in her home in Wachung, New Jersey. Wow. So he died, you know, sadly he died young, but he died, you know, surrounded by someone who loved him. So that's kind of nice. That's good. Hopefully like Arthur did. Yes. Um, oh, did you spoil it? Arthur does die at the end of this movie. Like you guys yeah. seen the extended cut, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make it. Is, and it is, it is horrific. It is, it is horrific. really bloody. It's really, <laughs> I can't believe it was rated PG. Like maybe since it's like during the trailer, you know, yeah. or during the credits that you see all that blood. Uh, one thing I want to bring up is, and I'm trying to think of other movies he was in, especially after this. I remember he was in the movie, was it Prancer or Santa Claus the movie? There was some- Santa Claus the movie, yeah. Was it Santa Claus the movie? He played like an elf? He put, uh, yeah. There was four separate references to Santa Claus in this movie. I and thought she, was very she called him. She goes, you remind me one of Santa's elves. Yes. Yeah. Right when she was like getting on the bus after they originally met. And that mm -hmm. that's some- that's probably why he took the role in the Santa Claus movie years later. Because Liza Minnelli said Fulfill so. Fulfill the prophecy yep. for film nerds. Well, one of his lines, which is a great line, and this was because he's very philosophical sometimes in his drunkenness. Like his takes are really interesting. Like sometimes it's just funny, silly, stupid. And then just sometimes it's just it's thought provoking, but dumb at the same time. He was like, I love waiters. Uh, you ask for something and they bring it to you. It's the same principle as Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a great, such a stupid line, but it's it's he just does have he does have like there's uh the the when he gets engaged when he finally gets engaged to uh to Susan yeah and he doesn't want to and uh, they're talking about his drinking first off he has the one of my favorite jokes in the whole thing she was like a real woman could stop you from drinking. And he's like, it'd have to be a real big woman. <laughs> <laughs> but he says, uh, not everybody who drinks is a poet. Some of us drink because we're not poets. It's such a great And you're line. like, oh, God, we're, like, that's just <laughs> such a poignant. That, yeah. whole scene, that whole scene might be my favorite scene in the movie. There's so many good. Um, yeah. There's, there's a great sight gag, like they're at dinner. Oh, she, I, I, I think I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. She's got a whole plate of food. She's yeah. eating fish. And then it pans over to his plate. And it's just an empty dinner plate with a glass of scotch on it. It's so perfect. <laughs> he asked the waiter for another one. And he was like, would you like another fish? Yeah. <laughs> he, when, when he first meets Liza Minnelli, she's, she's shoplifting the, the tie, the necktie, right? They're in the department store. She's... And he's just so taken by her. And he goes, oh, my God, she's she's shoplifting. She's stealing that that necktie. It's the perfect crime. <laughs> Girls don't wear ties. <laughs> it's just and, and then I think I think the butler says, I think he said the perfect crime would be if if she murdered the tie. Yes. And I was like, that's it's that's such a great back and forth. I will say the one thing that I don't appreciate about the movie, and we kind of touched on this earlier, is that it does glorify loud alcoholics like i am not yeah. a fan of a loud drunk and he makes it perfect like i would tolerate him all day just to listen to him he'd be great but like 
I got an uncle like that who's not rich and is just much more annoying than this guy. And I think yeah. I I wonder what, especially with some cocaine through the eighties, how many people watched Arthur thought that was cute yeah. and then Took attempted to uh, to to take that role because that's I, I that's did. annoying as shit. I I, I watched Ar I I remember being a kid and being like I can't wait till I'm old enough to drink this fucking. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? He he really does. Um, a lot of times, I I get annoyed with movies when they portray like drug scenes or alcohol scenes. They never do it realistically. Dudley uh, Moore nails it's being, it's being a fun drunk, and it it doesn't. And it they do it in such a way that it never seems fun. It always seems like, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't. You, every scene ends with him being kind of sad and it doesn't look like it's fun to drink. I remember it just always looked like it's something he had to do. He had to keep him coming, had to mm -hmm. keep him coming. And I'm like, it seemed onerous. You gotta and, but, and then he would try to top it too, or like try to enjoy the ride. Like when they're, he's with a prostitute going through central park and he's screaming and yelling and they're having fun. He's like, he's like, isn't he's like, this is so much fun. And then he says, isn't fun the best thing to have. <laughs> I mean, what a line. That is a great line. Yeah, he, uh, he in that opening scene where he takes the prostitute and he bumps into his aunt and uncle and uh, he introduces the hooker as Princess Gloria. Oh, God. And his aunt, Aunt Pearl was like, did you say she's a princess? And he says, oh, it's a really small country. Uh, Rhode Island would kick the crap out of it in a war. And then they're like, okay, we, we get it. And then he was like, uh, 85 cent cab fare, take you from one end of the country to the other. And the uncle was like, we understand, Arthur, the country's <laughs> small. We also understand that you're drunk. And you see in his face, it's such a great acting. You see in his face where he realizes, uh, oh God, I'm annoying them. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm embarrassing myself. And then you see, like a look of, but I can't help it. And he leans in real close the way a drunk would do. And he's like, they recently had the whole country carpeted. Yeah. <laughs> like he knew, he knew he was a dick, but he just cannot turn he it off. He could not help he it. cannot control. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite scenes is, although I think it, it gets a little bit long, but the, uh, the father-in-law scene where he's waiting in the study the night that he's supposed to Forget about propose. The moose. Yeah. The moose. The, the, there was like eight it's there's a, a stuffed moose head on the wall you think you can get one maybe two good jokes of that without being you know boring or repetitive there's like eight jokes about that moose and it never gets old it's so funny yeah supposedly that scene he ad-libbed a lot in the scenes he just kept making moose jokes and the actor who played the uh, the father-in-law was literally getting upset with him. And when he did that enough about the moose, people were like, this is just him saying, can we please get on with the scene? <laughs> like he couldn't stop himself from ad-libbing. Like he was like a giddy little child, like, oh my God, I have a moose to play off of. Yeah. And That's just the, awesome. even the one line, I think he was even alone with the moose and he goes, he just looks at the moose and he goes, this must be so embarrassing for you. Is that what he says? <laughs> I think it's it's just... It's perfect. You know, it's which was pretty cool. I think they start off the movie, you know, the scene where he's harassing the, the poor prostitutes and he does the laugh so many times. You're like, oh, my God, is this what the movie's going to be? Yeah. And you get scared. You're like, 
they want to like, do we want to give him this catchphrase, this like, you know, and then it's going to be beating you over the head with it. They really did throw that out there. And they're like, all right, we get it. He's got a fun laugh. And then they kind of toned it down. And then they only brought it up again in spots where I'm like, thank God, because that was a bit much. Right. That was a sign of a good director. Mm -hmm. God rest his soul. The late, great Steve Gordon. You know what I love about that opening scene that I didn't, I rewatched the movie yesterday and uh, I never noticed this in the opening scene. So there, there's two prostitutes. And then one of them says to Bitterman, the yeah. chauffeur, uh, when, when uh, one of them gets in the car and then the other one says to the chauffeur, she says, who is that? And he says, well, I'd rather not say, but they're in a Rolls Royce with a license plate that says Arthur. she's like that's that playboy i've been reading about in the newspaper yeah i think you could go ahead and say it'd be like if the thing said jeter on a limo yeah (laughs) oh my god um we talked about dudley more we talked about obviously arthur and some of his uh some of his uh films he did around the time did we lose chip what if ken what if chip just went to just like throw up just like completely oh he's back he's like i'm done with you guys chip you're back i'm sorry that's all right i'm sure one of your three animals needed something Mm -hmm. of course cpr oh that's good um guys you guys like quizzes love them but do you like dudley moore based quizzes they're my favorite kind okay ken as i was saying Dudley Moore did a lot of popular movies, but there are some lesser, lesser known Dudley Moore movies, Chip. Did you know that? I, you and know, I, I didn't go through his IMDb, but I, I take it. Uh, I, I take your word. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll give, I'll give you a Dudley less. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> very nice. Chip, I'll give you an example. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, a major 2022 bomb superhero movie where a biochemist tries to cure himself of a rare blood disease, but inadvertently infects himself with a form of vampirism instead. I, I you know what? I wish I was up on yeah, 2022 this is, right. superhero movies. And this is the ghost of Dudley Morris in this, of course, because yes, he's dead. Of course. Right. right. Is that Morbius? Yes, it's Dudley oh, Morbius. Morbius. It's called <laughs> Dudley Morbius. Oh, I see where I see. Okay. There we're going there. I like that Ken gets this right on the jump. Right off the bat. We've yeah. had guests. It's taken them three or four, and they get very angry with us. Yeah, way. Ken. Since you knew Dudley Morbius, there's a 1965 classic spaghetti western where two bounty hunters, Dudley Moore and Clint Eastwood, with the same intentions, team up to track down an escaped Mexican outlaw. Oh God! Wait. There's the good, the bad, the ugly. Count. It's this full of dynamite. Oh, and I'm blanking on the yes, third one. Of course, oh. it's a good one. Uh, Chip, you can jump in too, bud. Is it the quick and the Dudley? No, <laughs> pretty good. This is for a few dollars, Dudley Moore. For Dudley oh. Moore. Oh. That was his asking price. They're like, yeah. Clint's like, do you want to yeah. kill this guy? He goes for a few dollars, Dudley Moore. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. He was he was very good in that. He was great. He, did, he didn't think he would be so deadly. Um, after being rescued and brought to an island, a man discovers that it's inhabited by experimental animals being turned into strange-looking humans. All of the work of a visionary doctor played by Marlon Brando and co-starring Val Kilmer. I think that's the island of Dudley Morrow. Yeah. Dr. Dudley Morrow. The island of Dr. Dr. Dudley, Dudley Morrow. Excellent job, Chip. 
I was saying I, I saw uh, the island of Dr. Moreau in the theater and <laughs> I still have absolutely no idea what I watched. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> have you guys ever seen the documentary, which I still need to? I want to see. Watch. That's all I, I want to see. Yeah. The, the documentary based on like. Um, like the director this? that they fired and then he like went off into the wilderness and then like came back at like he like had like a psychic break and like went off into the wilderness, like came back as an extra. I mean, it's crazy. If you guys like uh, video game movies, uh, th this this movie was made in 1995 and again in 2021. MMM, MMA fighter Cole Young seeks out Earth's greatest champions in order to stand against the enemies of Outworld in this high-stakes battle for the universe. Ken? Dudley Mortal Kombat. Yes, Dudley Mortal Kombat. He is literally a killing machine in this movie. Again, he was in a 1995. They used a ghost of Dudley Moore. Uh, see, what do you call it? Not CGI. Yeah, CGI. Uh, they CGI Dudley Moore. Super buff. He yeah, really, out. really strong. Yeah, agile. Again, what was the name of that, Ken? Uh, Dudley Mortal Combat. Awesome. Well done. I love All this. right. We got two more. Two more. Th okay. These are just, uh, again, I had to really do some research. Not They're, they're not even online. Yeah, these are really deep cuts. The Dudley Moore estate does not want you to know about these. No. Um, again, in 1993, he started in the TV series. Um, this one was huge with kids. A team of costumed teenagers with attitude led by Dudley Moore are recruited to save Angel Grove from the evil witch Rita Respula and later Lord Zed, emperor of all he sees and their horde of monsters. I believe that might be the mighty Dudley Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, I forgot about Mighty Morphin in that. Because I was thinking like, this kind of sounds like Power Rangers. Power Rangers, Rangers. yeah, but no they're more. mighty and they're Again, Morphin. Chip, give me it one more time. It was the mighty Dudley Morphin Power Rangers. That's perfect. You guys. Wow, we got one more. And um, 1987 movie. Based in 1965, an unorthodox and irrever irreverent DJ begins to shake things up when he's assigned to a U.S. Army services radio station in the country of Vietnam. Guys, give it to me, Ken. Good Dudley Morning Vietnam. Yes, it's good Dudley Morning Vietnam. Who did a lot of great films? Me or Andy Kindler. <laughs> <laughs> well, Andy Kindler had a joke. Oh, my God recently it was one of the funny it was he goes uh yeah so they they asked me to be in a new avatar movie but i said i don't work blue <laughs> it's the greatest that's the simplest greatest joke so funny and guys i again i when i went looking for i found just another brief little quiz i don't know if you're interested yes Ken, you, you have a, a podcast where you interview amazing people about their love and your love of rock and roll. You talk about bands, musicians, songs from your past that they love. So I found out people have written songs about Dudley Moore. Really? Wow. Yeah. Ken, the band Boston's biggest hit was... Dudley Moore than a feeling. Oh, my God. <laughs> this, this guy loves rock and roll, obviously, because he nailed that. Boston's rock and roll hit. pod. I want to hit a buzzer for this. <laughs> <laughs> Dudley more than a feeling. That's great. Chip, do you remember the lead singer of this band had a short stint with Van Halen and this band had a super big hit. Maybe Dudley more than words. <laughs> uh, almost as quick as Ken. Good job. 
That's uh, what is it? N- N- uh, Nino. What's his Nino Betancourt? He was he was uh the oh Gary Sharon was Gary the other one. Yeah. Yes, Gary Sharon. But I only I, like to say Nino Betancourt. Me too. It's more yeah. fun to say Nino yeah. Betancourt. Yeah, everybody. Gary Sharon's probably everybody's favorite Van Halen vocalist, right? Out of the three, like you yes. would just go Gary and then the other two. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like even he wouldn't believe he was in Van Halen at this point. <laughs> like if you sat him down and told him, he'd be like, "No, I don't think so." I know my life. That yeah, I, that that doesn't that doesn't add up. Ken, White Zombie was a big fan and penned their smash hit song about their favorite comedian. Oh, shit. Come on, Ken. Yeah. Oh, I think all Chip... I could think of is that Dragula. That's the only White Zombie song coming to... Chip, you're going you're gonna to save your buddy here? I'm going to save him with Dudley more human than human. That's right. Oh, Dudley more I human. I forgot about human. that one. That must be that might be fun to sing too. Dudley more. Dudley human. more human than yeah. You know Rob Zombie's a very little guy. I remember I used to watch you know the videos. I thought he was like this big hulking scary guy, and then I saw like a documentary about him. He's just like a very petite little guy who wore huge boots, kind of like Dudley Moore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you wow. know where Rob Zombie got? His, I don't know if he got a start, but uh, I believe he's a PA. You know what show he was a PA on in the oh, 80s? We discussed it. We mentioned this in one of our podcasts. Oh, Pee Wee Herman's uh, yeah. Playhouse. Pee Wee's Playhouse. Rob Zombie was, yeah. a, I think, a PA. It makes sense to me. Yeah, it does make it? sense. Yeah. Kinda, it it kind of works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. I got two more, guys. Just two more. Again, you know, these are just quizzes. Who, who needs them, right? But let's just. I least... think they're important. Well, thank you. Ozzy Osbourne wrote this song about his British friend's penchant for crying. No Dudley Moore tears. Boom, Ken, right there. Look at that. No Dudley Moore tears. Dudley Moore, when they got together with Ozzy, would start crying about all these things, and, and Ozzy would get so upset. He wrote, no Dudley Moore tears. No Dudley Moore tears. <laughs> no Dudley, no cry. And of course, guys, we all know. I think everyone knows this. It's part of pop culture lore. Of course, but Britney Spears wrote the song about her first crush, Dudley Moore. Yeah, hit hit me, hit me, hit me, baby Dudley one, hit me, baby one, Dudley more time. Ken, would you like to say that? I th- I would like to hear him hit say, me it. baby one, Dudley more time. Wow, he nailed it. Hit nailed me, baby it. one, Dudley more time. If we had to give a, a title to this podcast, yeah, I think we could honest easily say. Hit me, baby, baby one, Dudley, Dudley more, time, more time, and everybody would know what we're talking about. Yes, yes. That is the that is the title of the week. This has gotten really dumb, guys. Yes, it has, uh, and I love it. <laughs> here's something else. Dudley Moore was married four times, right? He was married to one actress for five years, and they broke up 20 times in that five-year marriage. <laughs> Chip, she was also in the movie Thief, which we recently discussed with Andy Richter, do you know that actress's name? Oh, I'm not going to be able to pull the name. The Tuesday Welp. Thank you, Kat. Thanks yes. for saving your buddy there. You well guys done. saving each other every now and then. Guys, I'm going to give you some numbers. Let's see if either of you can figure this out. If, Ken, let's say you actually did get lost between the moon and New York City, how many miles in the air would you be? Math is not my thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess. Chip. Yeah, you can guess. I'm, I'm going to say, uh, I feel like it's three, th- I'm going to say 12,000. Yeah. Chip, any idea? <laughs> I, I'm going to say, I, I'm going to be totally off on this, but I'm going to say t- like 21,000. Guys, if you were halfway between the moon and New York City, it'd be 
119,427.5 miles. That's half of the nearly 249,000 miles away the moon is from New York City. And by, and by the way, I looked this up. Yeah. Uh, rent for a studio apartment is still $2,600 oh, there. <laughs> wow. My goodness gracious. Now, Ken, you were a big uh, Arthur fan. Did you did you even attempt to watch the 1988 sequel, Arthur Two Under Rocks? I, I've seen it maybe once or twice. I actually started, I watched it within, when I say recently, I probably mean within the last like decade. But I didn't watch the whole thing, but I do remember thinking this isn't as horrible oh. as I would expect. I wasn't, I remember like, it's not good, but it wasn't as terrible. I remember like John Gilgood came back as a ghost. Ghost, yes. That was a little disappointing. And is, is it both him and Liza? Did he, yeah, he and they, Liza both come yeah. back? The three people who came back were Dudley, Liza, and John Gilgood, either a flashback or a ghost scene. The premise is he loses the money. They move in with the father and the whole crux of the movie is they want to adopt a baby. Okay. All so right. if you're, if that piques your interest, there you go. No, no. is he, is he still a fall down drunk? Yeah. He's still, he's still a drunk in it, I think. But I think maybe like Ken said, early eighties there, they weren't high on, you know, they didn't care about people being fun drunks. Sure they might be a little more, you know, wary of that. They maybe touch on that. Probably at the end, I bet he was sober and everybody is like, boo. Yeah. Bring yeah, back right. fun drunk. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like when Michael J. Fox wasn't the wolf. Like, I don't yeah. want to see that. <laughs> is he in chip in real life? Is he really a wolf? Um, I'm, I, I've met him a few times and I'm not allowed to say. Okay. And, so. and let's just say, let's just say the times that I've met him, have been on a full moon mm -hmm. uh, in a forest. Oh, that's all I'm going to say. I, I just want to say I, I I love Teen Wolf also. It's it's one I, of my favorite. I, I'm going to go as far as saying I know that Back to the Future is one of the biggest, greatest movies of the 80s. I'd rather I don't have a problem Teen with Back Wolf to the Future. Any What's day that? of the week. I'd rather watch Teen Wolf any day of the Me week. Me too. Me too. I, I don't have a problem with Back to the Future. I enjoy Back to the Future. I love Huey Lewis and uh, The Power of Love. I actually just watched that video this evening. I, but I would watch hands down, watch Teen Wolf instead of Back to the Future any is, day of the week. Is that because well, Teen Wolf does that have the best accidental uh, penis shot in the in the history of movies? Yes, what? yes, uh, many more accidental pe penis shots than Back to the Future. Be be no, I, more more than the entire Back to the F Future trilogy. Yeah, more penises. Yeah. You know what I love about that movie? It's the penises. No. The, pen the penis. I, I just I love the penis in the in the gym. Um, gym penis. Yeah. Gym penis. <laughs> no, I love that. Like it's for a movie about a basketball playing teen werewolf. It's pretty realistic. Like he did. <laughs> he he did exactly what I would have done if I had those same powers. Yes, like I would have used it to become more popular and bang yep. cheerleaders. Yeah, for sure. I would have used it to get invited to better parties. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I haven't seen Team Wolf maybe ever. I have to watch that movie. I, by the way, speaking of movies, I have. I do own. It's a, it's a two sided DVD. One side is Teen Wolf, and one side is Teen Wolf T O O two. Oh, 
No it, good. No Jason bueno. Bateman is yeah. a college boxer because you know how you have boxing teams in yeah, college. Everybody like was going out for the college boxing team when I was. It it is one of I I watched it a couple of years ago. Unwatchable, unwatchable. Wow. He I believe Michael J. Fox filmed Family Ties, Back to the Future, and Teen Wolf all at the same time. <laughs> Like 1985 was just like he was doing it because he, I think he had, of course, he had family ties. And then I think he got Teen Wolf. And then Eric Stoltz was in Back to the Future, dropped out. Dropped and they're out. like, we need yep. somebody. Uh, Foxy, can we get you? And he's like, yeah, sure. And like basically didn't sleep for like four months. Jesus. Yeah. Nice. Guys, you up for some Dudley Moore, true or false? Yes. Very yeah. good. Can Dudley Moore attended Oxford University on a competitive organ scholarship? Organ the Yes. True. Very good. Yeah. Wow. Chip, in the 1980s, Dudley Moore and Demi Moore read for many of the same roles because of casting agent mix-ups. I'm, I'm going to say false. That's false. It's just dumb. <laughs> Ken, this is sad. I would have loved we... to have seen him in Ghost as the oh Demi my God. Moore. Him nice. and That'd be nice. Ken, his gravestone reads, Deadly Morgue. I feel like that, uh, that rings false. It's false. I'm going to say true. <laughs> it's true that you said that. Okay. I think it's true, but it's, it's true that I feel bad that I wrote that. Okay. Is that better? <laughs> yes. Dudley Moore, Ken, was considered for the role of Doc Brown in Back to the Future. Oh, I never, I'm going to say no. I never heard that. It's true. Wow. Nobody ever bounced that off me. Well, you weren't in that meeting. (laughs) It's not. Chip, Dudley Moore was four feet, three inches tall. I'm going to say he was close. I mean, maybe as a, as an elf, maybe as one of Santa's elves, he was, but like, unless he was really wearing those elevator print shoes, I'm going to say he was more like five, three. He was 5'3". Very good, Chip. Not 4'3". Many people, right away, many people would be like, oh, Dudley Moore, the 4'3 actor? You're like, no, he's 5'3 actor. If I can really go out on a limb and, and advertise my third podcast, because what the fuck am I doing yeah. in my life? Yeah. Uh, on a dangerous thing, which actually, it didn't even come out yet, this episode, but I just did, I covered skywriting. <laughs> and like, how, like of the, course you how did. skywriting works. And it's it was a lot of fun. But I don't know if you know, like, so there's sky writing and this, this goes somewhere there's sky writing, but then there's sky typing that they have now where it's like puffs of smoke, where it's like, it's oh, okay. where you've seen those. And somebody recently, I think it was in LA had a marriage proposal and it was literally, and they, I guess they had an inside joke together, but he had sky typed, which is basically sky writing. It said something like, Julie, will you marry me? Also, Joe Rogan is literally five foot three. <laughs> Which is, I think, is the greatest proposal of all time. Chip, your latest podcast, I just added it to my, I'm going to listen tomorrow. Actually, I'm going to watch the YouTube version. You have a a very funny guest. Who's that? Uh, Shannon DeVito. Shannon DeVito. The hilarious Shannon DeVito. It's an award-winning show, correct? Is that what I would call it? Yes, that episode is award-winning. Excellent. I'm very excited. So that, and again, Chip, the name of that podcast is? A Dangerous Thing at ADT Pod. It is very, very funny. It's Chip and his naughty little brother, James Heskey. Mm-hmm. Guys, I have some more, a uh, couple more. Dudley Moore, true or false? Should be Dudley more or less. 
right? Yep. Dudley Moore, true or false? Dudley Moore, or less? Yeah, let's let's answer it okay. as such. Can Dudley Moore was born with club feet, and according to his biographer Barbara Paskin, his mother screamed, "This isn't my baby! This isn't my baby!" When presented with her newborn son. Uh, that's that. There's no way that's not true. That's got to be more. That's a hundred percent true. He had absolutely no love from his real parents. This wait, is sad. Wait, I wait. That was really true. That was true. This <laughs> oh is. <laughs> this is. I know. I'm gonna. Horrifying. I'm gonna bring the fun move, the, the jovial mood of this podcast down. Screech he off. was born like his parents were super old because their first son died as a missionary, and oh, they were God. so distraught. They're like, "Let's have another baby," and they were like ancient. And then he came out with all these maladies, and his mother just couldn't accept that. You know, that wasn't her other son. So much like Arthur being raised by a British butler. He kind of was like, you know, on his own. So he had to learn to like, you know. Wow. Yeah. Poor guy. All right. Let's bring it up a little bit. Uh, yep. Chip, Dudley Moore and Roger Moore played brothers in the James Bond movie, A Little More Bond. <laughs> I would love to see that, but I'm going to say no. That's Dudley Less. <laughs> That's Dudley Less. It's not true. Dudley and Roger Moore did not play brothers in A Little More Bond. <laughs> I want I, that does sound like a movie I would want to see. That. It really yes. does, doesn't it? It's like the English version of Twins. Can you can you say the title of that movie one more time? Sure, A Little More Bond. <laughs> Just the two of them drinking martinis yep. for ninety minutes, and they, they don't even women. solve any mysteries or no. like no, they just, just sit yeah on a lanai, just yeah, just nailing chicks and down mm -hmm. in scotch and right yeah yeah a little more Bond. All right, Ken. In November 2001, Dudley Moore was appointed Commander of the Order of the British Empire, CBE. CBE is the highest ranking order of the British Empire Award, followed by OBE and then MBE. Is that true? I'm going to say that is Dudley Moore. Yes, that is Dudley Moore, 100% true. Um, oh, boy. Chip, Dudley Moore can dunk. <laughs> That might also be the name of this podcast. Dudley Morgan Dunk. I, that, I think that might be the one. Chip, um, as we're thinking about changing the name of our podcast, maybe our podcast should be called Dudley Morgan Dunk. I there's Dudley Morgan Dunk Miles. It is. <laughs> I, I am 100% convinced. Yes, that is true. That is Dudley Moore. He can 100% yeah, dunk. Let's say yeah. yes. What the hell? He was a globetrotter for a short time. He was. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right, Ken, a couple more. Dudley Moore starred in the 1993 sitcom Dudley that lasted only six episodes. Sitcom was called Dudley. That is Dudley Moore. That's true. Yeah. 1993 Dudley Moore. I had I had absolutely no recollection of that until you started saying it. Now I'm like I could I well, sort you, of remember that does like I feel like I can see yeah. that like in an advertisement on in TV Guide. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's you, there is an advertisement TV Guide that lives and you can see that. Okay, good. This is Chip. Now, Dudley starred in the 1994 sitcom Daddy's Girls with Carrie Russell and Alan Ruck, and it only lasted three episodes. I'm going to say Dudley Moore. He gave it another shot. Dudley Moore. True. Really? Two years. Him two and Fry. Yeah. Two years, two failed sitcoms, nine total shows. Out of do, do we know why he... Because back then it was still a little passe to like go from movies to movies TV. TVs. Yeah, let's say it was 90s. Yeah. His, his 
film work was probably faltering a bit and he wanted mm-hmm. a paycheck. You know, back then, getting on a sitcom, man. Yeah. Cash cow Money. if you could keep it going. Mm-hmm. And that's what he probably saw. Yeah. And then lastly, guys, that was 93, 94. 1995, Dudley starred in the movie Arthur Three. Arthur needs a liver transplant. <laughs> I think we all know that's true. That is 100% true. Yes. I think it was called uh, Arthur Three on the dialysis. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was in foreign countries, Chip. I believe that's what it was. Oh, is that Japan. what it was? Okay. Japan and Spain, where, you know, sure. they always have funny little names. Yeah. yeah. I think we can't go, we, we touched on it earlier, but Liza Minnelli held her own, even upstaged these two in some scenes. There, there was never a, a comedic role with more moxie than her out of the gate, right? When she, Tons of moxie. When she gets accosted by the um, security guard on the street, yeah, she, she brings it. She brings it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When she calls, uh, she calls Hobson British Tonto. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, this chick gets it. British Tonto. She she's so she is so funny in that movie to me that it's like it's she's sexy to me in that movie. Yeah, she's great. I mean, that, yeah. I think that's her allure. She's such a funny, vivacious, and you know, I again, I feel bad. I said, you know, this was the ugly rom com. Right? No, no, no. But you're not traditional. Not traditional. Yeah. Listen, that movie. That movie wouldn't get made with those stars. Today. Oh no. I'm I'm looking it up right now. Unless you guys know who was the the love interest in the uh the new arthur the the one with i have, uh, I have no idea you're gonna this is so weird because if you watch the trailer she's not in it at all it's almost not a plot point the whole plot point is uh jennifer garner is the rich one oh, he, they want him to marry okay. but she's the assistant of his mother and she knows it's just a marriage of convenience and she's like a real crazy sex pot and you know climbs the ladder so let's just get married let's just get married but they never show in the trailer who he's actually trying to woo but if you look it up it is the woman who is a very famous movie director now greta gerwig she was an actress back then like and now she's just like making movies yeah but she has like that cute like little alternate chick kind of vibe going she's like an like unlicensed tour guide see dream girl kind of situation yeah. yeah um oh yeah greta gerwig she did uh wait she did ladybird right yeah she does she's yeah. done a bunch of movies yeah um oh francis ha yeah i'm looking yep. at yeah she yeah for some reason she might not have tested well so they cut a trailer and here's like i don't put her in it wow <laughs> it's really odd everything really, now i'm actually kind of want to see it because it's so bad i want to know it's so it's so bad i, I tried <laughs> I, tr- I even was like, you know what? Maybe Russell Brand yeah. was is is a good casting choice. Like I can almost see it. Yeah, I can see it. And um I did not last long. I, I tried, but it, it was it was unbearable. It I was feel like unbearably you bad. I feel like you wouldn't have, and again, this goes to the times, you wouldn't have empathy for Russell Brand. No. You like Oh, let's put Ryan Reynolds in that spot. Right. Like you wouldn't have empathy for him, but it's like if he's just this little guy with club feet, as we know now, yeah. uh, just like this, th- like sounds like little... isn't that how uh, the Penguin got started? Yes, I think so. You're right. So that's what set him off. Those club feet. Hey, I think he drove feet. the same car too. Club feet, and he could still dunk though, man. Props. Yeah, that is that is that's impressive. huge. That's really impressive. Yeah. Uh, in 1981, guys. Arthur was the fourth 
biggest uh, selling movie at the box office. Okay. Yeah, it was it was a real sleeper. I yeah. can't ima- I can't imagine it had much of a budget. Yeah, the budget was uh not much money, maybe like between maybe around 10 grand and it made ninety-six thousand dollars adjusted for inflation. Who gives a shit? I'm not a math geek. Nor am I. Um you know what you know what I like about it too? Like all the movies about New York in that time. Yes, it was like mean streets. And, yeah, uh, taxi driver. It was all yeah. like the gritty, violent Times right. Square, New York, and this was like this kind of fun. Is, but it's also like the 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 wealthy New York. It's yeah. it's the culture of New York. It's every bit as much New York as Taxi Driver. It's just a completely different side of it. It's the Plaza Hotel. Like I remember identify because like I grew up in Philadelphia or you know outside of Philadelphia. So I didn't go to New York until I was probably in high school. But I remember like that was a, a vibe of it. It was like, oh, this is a New York movie. And I even remember we we recorded the Wizard of Oz off of like CBS when I was like six years old, you know, and we would watch it over again. So you'd see the commercials and they kept running a commercial. It was like an, I love New York commercial it was like trying to get people to come to New York. And Liza Minnelli was the star of the commercial. Oh, so yeah, it was yeah. like, so I like definitely made that, made that leap too. Liza Minnelli was huge back then. Like yeah. she was a full on box office star broadway star you know and you know she's the daughter of judy garland so yeah. you know that also kind of she helps. was a she was an astronaut for a very short yeah, time. yeah two yeah. missions yeah chip i learned something from your show with um with james james about big bird yes do you know that story ken ken this is about big bird and the uh the chat yeah. was the challenger yeah so back back in the 60s space was everything and like everybody the world stopped you know we we walked on the moon it, it was yeah. this big thing and it was the space race right, we're beating right. we're beating the russians well yeah i mean it was obviously staged but you know people thought it was real so then in the like by the 70s it kind of dropped out of, like people didn't care anymore kids weren't as into science like they're trying to push this and like getting into like the space race was kind of like it wasn't a big deal anymore we already went to the moon. so they were trying to get kids more into space this is 100% true so they're like we have an idea let's take a children's character and send them to space so kids get interested in it so they hired carol spinney i think his name is the actor and they were gonna fly big bird up into space in the shuttle and big bird was gonna like fly around in the shuttle and they were going to put it on the news. It was going to be on Sesame Street. Every kid was going to see that Big Bird went to space. Carol Spinney was nervous about it, but he said, sure, I'll do it. They started training him. They started going through it. A few months into the mission, they realized that just the the Big Bird outfit was just too large for them to take. Like it just they didn't have room for it on the space shuttle. So they said we gotta we gotta abort i'm sorry we we can't have you do this so instead of having big bird go to space for kids to love they said what could we do now i got an idea let's send a teacher to space instead so krista mcauliffe took big bird's spot on the challenger that is 100 true big bird was originally supposed to be on that challenger mission 
That is, I never knew that. That's incredible. Yeah. We, I had a teacher who had, I don't remember what grade I, I don't, what year was the challenger? 86. All right. So I was 10, I don't know what grade, I, I was probably third grade or, but I remember we had a teacher who had applied. She wanted to go to space. Yep. And, uh, I remember it like blew up in the middle of the day and then they had yep. to like tell the students but she had been saying for like weeks, oh, I wish it was me. I applied. <laughs> I can't believe. And then it blew up. And I can't remember if I said it or if I just thought it. Yeah. But I remember being like, oh, but, but you're not so salty now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have even told this on, on the podcast, either, but this is um, we actually had another because my, my brother is a planetarium director in our school district that we went to. The former planetarium director, the original guy, he applied and didn't okay. make it, of course. But I was in third grade when that, that happened. We were all excited. We were at lunch. There was a big hubbub. All the teachers were kind of like in one corner, like talking, and they're kind of sad and serious. And we were all excited because we knew the challenge was going up that day. And we asked Mrs. Kaiser, her name, this old German lady. We're like, Mrs. Kaiser, what's going on? And she's like, oh, the challenger blew up. And I, it was silent, and then I just said, "Little blonde-haired Chip Chantry, I just go, "Well, are they okay?" <laughs> and she looks at me and laughs and goes, "No, they're not okay." And she just walked away. She's like, "What a dumb what kid, an idiot." Yeah, poor Chip. Are they yeah. okay? Yeah. They're okay, right? Yeah. No, Chip. They're not. They're not okay. And, and you're not okay either. Nope. No. We're not. We're holding. We're holding you up. back. Yeah, it's like this dummy is probably going to grow up to have three podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> his brother will run the planetarium. That's he'll right. Have, he'll have three fake radio shows. Do you know? I was trying to think. Like the movie is called Arthur. There are really no good Arthur's in real life. Like there's one or two. Like let's think about. Well, there's that Ar goddamn moose or whatever he is. What is yeah, that thing? Aardvark. Is the aardvark, right? Okay. But they they've taken all the animal aspects of all the animals on that show, and they all just basically look like like just humans with right. like it's the like the chipmunks human. today and the chipmunks girlfriends just look like humans. Yes, they yeah. don't look like they just look like people with club heads. Yes, exactly yeah. right. There's um, uh, Arthur Ash. Arthur Ash seemed yeah. like a solid citizen. Yeah, yes. seems like a good Arthur Conan Doyle. The uh, you know, the Sherlock Holmes guy. Yes. Like I'm I'm saying he's a good guy, but I'm sure back then he was just a probably a horrible racist asshole. Who knows? There's also a lot of opium being smoked. I was I, I, you read my mind. I was like, there's no way he wasn't hooked on opium. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and just doing horrible things. Just like you know, he had every sort of horrible, like gonorrhea type disease too back then, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. just like an opium den and so they're the only like Arthur. Like Ash. like his his one girlfriend, she's like uh I don't feel well and I have a burning sensation. He's, he's like, it's elementary, my dear. That's what, like, that's what he would do. That's how he would break it to them. He's like, that's my thing. Read my books. <laughs> um, but, you know, but then like there are guys named Art who yep. are real Arthurs, right? Yep. So there's like Art Garfunkel. He's, a, mm -hmm. he's an Arthur. Yeah. Right. Do you like Artie Lang? Do you think he's an Arthur? Like an oh, Artie? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Right? Yeah. Artie Lang. Right. Yeah. So then Artie's and Art's. Because I was just, I'm not, I have nowhere to go with this bit, but I'm just like, 
not a lot of good Arthur's guys. And yeah, uh, yeah. where are the famous Art Linkletter? He was sure. a, what an actor that I just know from he. I think he used to do the Craftmatic adjustable bed commercials in his later years. I think he was one of the original. Uh, wasn't Art Linkletter original host of a game show like maybe think, uh, Jeopardy maybe. or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Art, Artie Katz. You guys don't know him. He's my dad's friend. <laughs> oh, Artie Katz. He's a good guy. He's a also, good dude. speaking of guys who are hooked on opium, Artie Katz. Yes. <laughs> he's a dentist, but he's hooked on opium. Right. Well, yeah. That's like an author in the movie when he tells the guy he's a dance instructor, and then he then he says, I'm a dentist, and everyone hates us. <laughs> yeah. Ken, how would you describe, let's say, let's say a millennial came up to you and said, hey, Ken, tell me about a good movie. And you're like, all right, I'm going to tell him about Arthur. How would you sell this movie to them? Succinctly, elevator pitch, Ken. Uh, it's a fun drunk who's got to choose between uh, almost a billion dollars or uh, seven at best. I think I like it. it. I think I think, I, think you know, I can't imagine anyone being like, "Oh, that sounds great." I'm gonna not watch. Uh, I'm gonna put that in the top of my queue, right above um, Better Call Saul. And that, that move. That movie is. Uh, 40 over 40 years old at this point and yep. anytime anybody tells me uh anything not exciting you know like anytime anybody's like oh, I, I i can't can i guess what you say to them yeah yeah i'll alert the media i'll alert the media i use that line too i, <laughs> I use it I use all it the time constantly that movie that, that line is so uh yep i have i have a friend who's a comedian and she's in her 30s probably she's definitely never seen the movie and she uses it like yeah, somebody yeah. used it on her and she thought it was funny yeah just like your wife's like i'm gonna go take a shower and you're just like i'll alert the media alert the media she's yeah. like great nine thousand times you said that yes I want yeah. oh yeah. yeah yeah divorce please guys uh uh box office 1981 again i said this was the uh fourth highest grossing movie can you guess 1981 this wasn't the best year for movies but it was one of the greatest movies of all time, peaked at number one. I didn't is realize it, it was this early. Is that Raiders? Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize it was 81. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. That was uh, then number two on Golden Pond. Oof. Number three. A Dabney yeah, Coleman classic. One of my little, favorite little actors dip. of all time. I do remember one of the li- on Golden Pond also can on HBO a lot back then. T- tons of times on HBO. Yes. What was this? Oh. It was... Um, uh henry fonda yep he asked the young kid he's like so what do you do for fun he goes we cruise chicks and he goes what do you do when you get him he goes we suck face suck face (laughs) i saw that movie in the theater with my brother and two cousins Uh, so 81 i was five my brother was 11 so we're talking about four boys (laughs) the ages of five and 11 yeah, just loving it, right? Went to see I'm Golden Pond. In yeah. the I can't even imagine why. No. Like how it came about. I Because your parents wanted you out of the friggin' house. And he was like, here's money. Just go to the movie theater and see something. Get out of here. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. But four boys between five and 11 ended up at I'm Golden Pond. And well, the, the, uh, I, what's her name? Uh, Henry Fonda. And what's her name? Uh, Catherine Hepburn. Hepburn. She her dig at him when she got mad. She called him an old poop. Poop. You uh, old poop. You old poop. <laughs> Ken, it's funny you mentioned that because around that year, I'm a little bit older. My dad's 
my my friend's dad dropped us off at the movie theater six of us chariots of fire it was the most boring movie in the history of and i'm a runner and i enjoy british movies and running we we all left like 30 minutes in and we just hung out in the lobby a couple of us had some money for video games and we just waited for the dad to come i'm like chariots of fire i guess might have sounded cool to us yes <laughs> it's well, it had that, the big song yeah. yeah well no you're just like hey what's the name of that movie chariots of fire fuck yeah yeah chariots like on fire guys yeah. there are no chariots there's no fire no, not, but just not at all. skinny skinny english guys crying about running what was the third the third biggest uh superman 2 oh okay That's but here here's strong guys number five we bound back with arthur at four number five stripes That's stripes it. That's and a fun movie. All of those are like solid HBO. I think all of yes. them were like solid HBO. Uh, the, the first regular. half of Stripes is also a perfect comedy. Yes, exactly uh, right. Boot, boot Camp. Boot Camp. Yes. Boot Camp Stripes it's is one of the funniest. With, um, it's basically like the comedy version of um, Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. The first yeah. funny Full Metal Jacket. The movie just goes jump that goes off a cliff once they leave basic training right i I do remember i was reading up on it and one of it was either um bill murray or who was uh you uh harold ramis the two stars like everyone had crew cuts except i believe neither of them had true crew cuts like one of them even had like a lot of hair left and like we're supposed to be in the military like why didn't you get a crew cut he goes oh i told him i didn't want to get my hair cut yeah it was bill murray yeah it's like and i'm a star so i don't need to do that That just seems like the poor John Candy. Yeah, yeah. Saving it off. <laughs> everybody That's else. What like... They did back then. Dudley Moore was like, fuck it. I'm going British. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to look like Jagger. Yeah. Tiny Jagger. Oh, gosh. We, we, you could start a separate podcast just called Early HBO. Yeah. Where you're, where I... you're just literally whatever, you know, movies that were on for just a, just a 10 episode arc all about the movie Midnight Mandis. <laughs> remember midnight madness starring a, I think it might've been Michael J. Fox's first film. I feel like it was on a lot and it was, I think low budget, but there was like four teams or five teams. They were all different colors. Oh, and they remember had you tell me about hunt. this. Yes. Yeah. Um, I always watch like being a little kid. I just always loved that little town that they would show like at yes. the beginning of with the, yeah, yeah where they come yeah. up over the, yeah. The HBO like comes the up over like Hollywood. Yes. No, it's great. There's a there's like a reel on YouTube where it captures that and all of the CBS, NBC, ABC movie of the week the songs. Mm-hmm. Those minute songs that build yep. up like the drums and, a, and there's like the marquee that pops out. And you're just yeah. like, I swear to God, can fire that up and you get this sensory rush of just being a little kid like, holy shit, I'm going to see like Lee Majors and John Davidson in a TV movie. This is going to be fucking great. Lindsay Wagner might even be in it. Holy shit. And if things go right for everybody, Mackenzie Phillips. I mean, this is amazing. Yeah, this is the whole, the whole, the whole deal. Uh, Well, thank you very much, guys. I think we did. uh, I think we did Arthur a big justice tonight. I think we, we brought back love for Dudley Moore. Yeah. I I have to say that, you know, we've done a lot of these episodes with the movies now, uh, Jeff, and, you know, some of the movies hold up. Some of them don't as much. I think this was the first time 
that a movie got better for me that like wow i I remember enjoying it in the past but like watching it today i was like every line of this movie is is hysterical ken how did you feel on your second i mean your most recent viewing i i enjoy it as much every single time i watch it i'm happy to be watching it uh and it's it's like an episode it's like a 90 minute it's like it's like an episode of 30 rock where it's just joke 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 and every time i watch it i notice something that i never noticed before i I still watch i'd say i watch it a handful of times a year still there you go well, I'm glad, Ken. I'm glad you joined us. I'm glad you made us watch it again because it was a lot of fun. People, you can find Ken Krantz. Go to Twitter, Ken Krantz Comic. That's two Ks, Ken Krantz with a Z comic. Also check out his amazing I Love Rock and Roll podcast where he talks to people about rock and roll, people who made it, the people who love it. Chip, they want to find you, of course, Chip Chantry on all the socials, right? Yes. You got... Uh, what, what are the socials now? Uh, Just at Chip Chantry on Instagram, on Twitter, yep. on MySpace. You're even on what's Friendster. the uh, what's the one Trump's on the 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 the, the right wing one? You're on uh, that now too, right? Is it Truth Social? Is that Truth what Social? Truth, yeah, I yes, think Truth you're on Social. there. <laughs> I'm I, on Truth Social. I'm at Chip Chantry six one eight two three three six. Oh, so someone else got American flag. American yeah. flag. Yes, flag. Yeah, I have a I have a blue cop <laughs> flag on mine. A Truth Social. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I, my t- my tag there is actually just Chip Chantry, which you but you got. You I got it. Sorry, beat me to the punch. And hey, that's that's what society is. Uh, and and where can they find you, uh, Jeffrey? In my backyard, just staring at my brown grass and cursing. Okay. Yeah, fill, uh, cursing the weather gods. That's a no no need to follow me, people. I'd rather you not. I'm I'm just old and angry. All right, everybody. That was talking Arthur with Ken Krantz. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you soon. Thank you, Ken. Thank you again.